Hey, thanks for joining us here on the New Adjuster Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Long, the head video producer here at CNC. We're interviewing a few of our adjusters and trainers, bringing you tons of insider tips and advice for becoming an adjuster, what it's like being deployed, and more. We hope these interviews will help you launch you further into your career as an adjuster. Also, be sure to check out our official YouTube channel at Catastrophe and National Claims. There you will be able to watch the full episodes and the shorter clips of these podcasts. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to our new Adjuster podcast. I'm Hannah, and I'm sitting here with William and Derek, who are both adjusters here at CNC. So a little bit about you. What are you um, currently working right now? Well, right now I'm working here in an uh, F4 role. I'm just kind of holding over for the rest of the year. Um, but before I was doing this, I was actually working out in the field doing property adjustment. Um, this was my first deployment, of course, out in Baton Rouge working Hurricane Ida. Exciting. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm working auto claims um, at home. It's been it's been a definitely a transition from <laughs> uh, from property adjusting outside, uh, but that's what I'm doing right now. Right. So you were doing property and then you transitioned to auto once you were done with the field? Yep, that's right. right so how did y'all get into adjusting? Hmm. <laughs> you you want to take one me to go first? Right, I'll go ahead and I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, you know, I was actually uh, just kind of thrown into it. It happened to me by chance. Um I was working a job before, you know, I was doing insurance adjusting. But then Hurricane Laura hit, um, I think it was August 28th, something like that. And, uh, I mean, I literally left from my previous job and hopped right over into the adjusting business. I mean, I had done no research, didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I was coming in as something called a ladder assist. And basically what that is is just a person that, you know, has a, has a ladder and they uh, go out and they assist the adjuster. For example, like let's say that the adjuster doesn't have a ladder that's large enough to reach the top of a roof, or let's say that the uh, roof is too steep. You know, somebody has to go out there with that rope and harness and get on there and do the inspection for the adjuster, and that's what I did. Again, I did not know what I was getting myself in, into, <laughs> but um, you know, I went out there, and that was my uh, introduction to adjuster. Did, did you did you know that you liked heights before that? I, I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, it didn't matter if I liked heights or not. So I needed a job. Hey, <laughs> that's the motivating factor, isn't it? Yeah, right. When but, you but, said. When you say by chance, was it just someone was like, hey, I got this this opportunity available for you? Well, and Yeah, yeah. So I do have an uncle that does this, and he was the one who was just like, hey, if you want to come over and do this, you can. And that's what that was. I mean, it was literally just, if you want to come and do this, come on. And I, I was to. in it. That's cool. Mine happened a little bit different. So I started out in law enforcement, uh, and a buddy of mine kind of, through a friend of a friend of his, he learned about it, and, you know, he left the department and, and went and did it. And he was like, man, look, this is how much money I'm making. I said, oh, man, <laughs> I want to make that much. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to it um, and took that leap. And uh, Hurricane Ida gave me that opportunity to, uh, to work my first storm. Okay, so both fairly new adjusters yeah. doing it. Not quite a year. Man, I wouldn't even well, say six months to be honest. Right? Yeah. As far as actual <laughs> adjusting, yeah, I just started. Yeah, I got my license in May of 2021. Yeah. Same same deal. Same deal. And never looked back. Away. Never. <laughs> I, nope, not going back. No. Not going no, back. Not can't back. go back. Can't no, can't go back. Okay. So um, since you've both worked the field, um, is there anything going into that, or you know, since you've completed your first deployment, in hindsight, that you wish you would have known before your First appointment. You know something? I'll go first. <clears throat> okay. So 
I bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> I was on YouTube watching a bunch of videos, all in the Facebook chats uh, for new adjusters and everything, you know, trying to figure out, like, what do I need? Because I don't want to go out there and not be prepared, right? I bought I bought a lot of stuff, and I bought a lot of food, you know, just spent way too much money too soon, basically. So I, I probably spent upwards of five maybe five or six hundred dollars um just in prep stuff and then eagerness (laughs) yeah eagerness and then i didn't get my first deployment until like months later so you're (laughs) saying you did that before you got a deployment before i even got it because you know something i knew that this is what i wanted to do and so i was like all right i'm all in yeah i'm 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 leaving my job i'm all in this is what i want to do and so uh yeah i i kind of Made some mistakes, so don't do what I did, uh, new people. So right, <laughs> kind of wait for to get the deployment or closer to it. Wait to storm season. <laughs> storm season. <laughs> don't don't go buy a bunch of equipment in May and storm season is in August and and then storm season may be deferred until like September and you may. All right. So wait to storm season. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Did anything in hindsight you wish you would have known before your first deployment? Well, I kind of knew what to expect you know I just kind of leaned on the fact that I had somebody who knew what they were doing and they just kind of told me hey you know this is how it may potentially go so what I did was I really did just kind of wait until uh, we got closer to you know the actual deployment that we had you know before I actually you know so you kind of like leaned on your resources that have been in the business to kind of what to expect whereas you were brand new coming into it with no no assistance and you were just like Gunko, yeah. let's do this. Hannah, I didn't even know <laughs> that there was not going to be any hotels available, right? Yeah. I'm not even – so, you know, you think about adjustments, like, oh, man, yeah, we're just going to go down and, you know, get deployed wherever and uh, and work. But it's like, okay, what about housing? Yeah. Where, where am I going to stay when uh <laughs> when FEMA buys up all the, the hotels and, yeah, <laughs> and there's no one to live? And you, oh, I think it was uh, from Beaumont all the way over to maybe Pensacola, Florida. Most of the the hotels were booked. Yeah. You know, so I'll tell you something that I did was, you know, I, I relied on the fact, okay, well, I've got buddies, you know, from this stretch, you know, all the way from, you know, Beaumont to Florida. So it's just like, all right, where am I going to be going? I'm going to be going to Baton Rouge. Okay. Who do I know in Baton Rouge? Called them up. You know, I would stay at their place. And yeah, that's how I that's how I managed when it came to stuff like that. Because yeah, yeah. I would imagine yeah. a lot of adjusters don't take into account that, People are not in their homes. They're going to be staying somewhere. Yeah. So how do you yeah. how do you do that when you okay you get called for deployment? Go here on this date. Yeah. So when you're looking for somewhere to stay, you know, and you're calling up, hey, I need a room. How long do you know how to stay for? Or you know, it's, it's, uh, it's up do in you there. do you look for okay? You know, your claims have been assigned. So find something within that area. Yeah. Because if you're in an area that's been hard hit, are they even going to have anywhere? So how do right. you handle? Exactly. Oh, I know you said you you look for resources that you may have. Yeah, so and, how and do you handle oh, I was just yeah. going to say, that's what you've got to do. You've got to lean on your resources. You know, yeah. if you've got those friends and got those connections, you know, make sure that you use them. And I mean, I, I'm right. not saying, you know, <clears throat> use people, but at the same time, you know, just looking at the kind of work that you're doing, you have to realize, okay, well, I might have to do something like this. Right. So, you know, keep those connections, keep those contacts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then, time. and then look, be okay with having to drive an hour plus. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. like if you, you're staying an hour and a half away, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, if that's unusual for you as far as a work commute, get used to it because yeah. that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> It'll all be worth it in the end, though. It'll all be worth it in the end. I mean, yeah. 
an hour and a half, two hours, and then you know when you get paid on Friday, it's just like, oh, okay, well, oh man, yeah, I can make yeah. it. Yeah. I can, I can do this. <laughs> okay, so say I'm brand new and I've, you know, I've talked to people who are an adjuster. I've kind of learned about it, but not really. What's the first step if I want to do it? If I'm like, you know what, this sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I want to get into this field. What's the first step you would advise someone who had no knowledge of this? Yeah. What would you tell them to do first? I would tell them, do your research. Do your research. Do your research. Make sure that this is something that you can see yourself doing at least two plus years because your first year is going to be a, a huge learning curve. You may you may only get one deployment that first year. So uh, look at it uh, in terms of longevity. You know, how long can I, can I do this, uh, this type of work? And while you're doing your research, you know, you see it's kind of a, you know, it's a nomadic kind of lifestyle where you're on yeah. the road all the time and you're away from away from home and everything. So make sure that that's something that you're okay with. And then once you kind of mold that over, then you jump into, okay, what kind of education do I need? Um, uh, and uh, starting out, you got to have your, uh, your home, your home state license, a justice license. And so, um, you know, you want to work on getting that, <clears throat> excuse me, getting that, getting that first. Uh, and then um, you definitely want to, work on getting states that's going to be, you know, hit by, you know, natural disasters like hurricanes and everything. So definitely work on getting your home state first. Um, and then the Gulf states, you know, Texas, Louisiana, then up the East coast type deal, Florida, that, hurricane that kind of, prone, areas. hurricane prone areas. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to get uh, licenses in middle America where, you know, yeah, there are some tornadoes and maybe hail, but you're going to probably get your first big break on a hurricane uh, rather right. than a hail claim. Yeah. No doubt. Um, and so with the home state license, is that something that I can get online or do I have to go to a class for? Yeah, you, you, you definitely want to get online and, and look that up. Um, I know if you're in Alabama, um, uh, Alabama is a testing state. Um, so, you know, there's there's some uh, some literature that you can um, use to, to read on and, and, you know, so you can pass your test and everything. And there's also uh, different, uh, you know, sites like Adjusted Pro and things like that uh, that you can go on and and they'll help you get your um, uh, your home state license and everything. Right. And you say, you know, start getting additional um, licenses because um, essentially you're investing in yourself. Right. Because right? it's an investment. Yeah. And the more licenses you have, the more areas you're able to work. So you're just, you know, making your brand bigger. Right. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Making Ab yourself absolutely. more marketable. Absolutely. For, or more deployable, I should say. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, that's, that's just allowing you to say, to, to be... To be able to walk into a CNC and say, hey, I, you know, I want to be on your roster. But after that, you know, you've got to invest in training, too, you know, and yeah. um, you've, you've got to get that education on what it is uh, this profession is and how to do your job. Um, because, yeah, the money's good, but you don't want to your, your first deployment. And this is the first time you've ever heard about an insurance company outside of your own. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so kind of in with that, you know, I've done the I've done the research. Yes, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I've done my home state license. I've done the test. I've got my yeah. license in hand now. What's my next step? Like, how do I get deployed? Do I? Yeah, just yeah, I, I was gonna say that would roll right into getting deployed. You know, after you get that license and everything, um, when you walk into you know a vendor such as CNC, you know, you make sure that you keep going to that training, show your face, you know, make connections, talk to everybody. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, hey, I remember that guy, William, or hey, I remember that guy, Derek. Yeah. You know, let's give these guys an opportunity. And that's pretty much what happened with us. You know, we came in, we made sure we did our training. I mean, we didn't have any – well, I think he might have had his license at the time. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, I just got my license for the state of Alabama at the time, but I mean, it was just that one license. But either way, uh, you know, we came in, you know, every time there was something offered, you know, as far as Xactimate or uh, just a regular old, you know, just a Adjuster 101 training, we were there and we made sure that we showed our progress, you know, from one training session to the next. And it was just like, okay, well, we're going to give these guys an opportunity. And when we got that opportunity, we went out there and we did a great job. Right. Yeah. And again, if I can just say, remind everyone, this is an investment. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of free days for you when yeah. you coming in and you're training and it's on your time. Um, but the important thing is to, you know, to, to, to remember that this is your, you, this is for you. It's for nobody else, but for you. So yeah, there were plenty of times I was coming down here for like two months, just doing trainings and everything for free, you know, yeah. week long trainings. I'm driving like an hour and a half, you know, coming down right. to trainings and everything, but you have to want it. You have to, you know, this is, it has to be what you want to do because, a lot of it is going to be on you, on your plate. So you have to be self-driven. And, you know, you know, at, like like Will was saying, once you get down here and, you you know, you show people that, hey, this is what you want to do and, you know, you're committed, then you'll get that opportunity uh, without a doubt. So you feel like taking the time to, to come to the trainings, even if you had a little bit of information about adjusting, uh, making the trip down here was beneficial mm-hmm. to you. Oh, you yeah. Learned. Without a doubt, yeah. And so even moving forward now that you've worked um, claims and in the field, you know, if they offer additional training, do you think that's something you would still continue to do? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. just yeah. to. Yeah, you still yeah. have to get CEs, continuous education. Is that what they call it? I'm yeah. not sure yeah. if that's the acronym here, but yeah. either way, yeah. Yeah. Right. you yeah. have to keep doing that so you can keep your licenses up. So, yeah, All I, mean, right. I wouldn't stop training for Absolutely. anything. Well, even in some of the trainings that we were that we were going to, they had some veteran adjusters in there yep. that just wanted to brush up on, you know, their education too because a lot of times when you get deployed or, you know, you got a little bit of experience and you handle daily claims, um, you kind of get used to a certain type of claim. And so whenever you come in for training, you get a chance to kind of see what's new in the in- industry um, and, and, and as well um, kind of get exposed to, um, you know, other claims as well. Right. So – um, you did your license, you do the training, you're all set at this point, and you're just kind of waiting on the storm mm-hmm. to hit, right? That's right. So do you um, do you call, you know, the firm, like, hey, I'm available? Do you kind of just wait, it's a waiting game, you know, when it's, you see a storm, it's kind of on the horizon? Yeah. You know, how do I make sure that deployment knows that I'm ready to go? Right. It's uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, if you have the if you have the, the, the ability to come, you know, to a location like like CNC and just kind of show your face and just chat up everybody and, you know, let them know, hey, you know, this is really what I want to do. Um, you know, that that'll definitely get your name recognizable on the list. It may not get right. you at the top because, I mean, you don't have no experience yet. Just but build the rapport with them, right? Build the rapport. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, it's just like any other job. You know, my mom always told me. If you want a job, you fill out the application, then you go and you show your face. You let them know, hey, this is who I am. Put a name with, you know, put a face with a name. Yeah. You know, and it's the same within it, within this industry. Yeah. Right. So when you get the call for deployment, how does that kind of work? What can someone expect? The call say, hey, I got an assignment. (laughs) Is it just kind of a whirlwind from there? I mean, right. it's a whirlwind, right? So what's going to happen is you're going to be at home with your wife or your your, your mom or whoever you, you live with. Or you're going to be at home with your cat or your dog, you know, <laughs> watching TV, eating ice cream. And then you're going to get a phone call. And they're going to be like, I need you somewhere tomorrow or in, within 48 hours. 
And then at that point, you have to be like, yeah, you got to yeah. drop everything and go. You got to drop yeah. everything and go. Like I mean, my first opportunity, yeah. I don't know if I told you this, my first opportunity, my son hadn't been born yet. Right. My son was due to be born in like two weeks. And then I got my first deployment opportunity. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I looked I looked at my fiance. I was like. Yeah, no, maybe. Always got to check with the wife or fiance first, right? You, you have to check. But at the same time, I was like, I cannot miss the birth of my child. And, I, you know, that's one of the things where you just have to be like, all right, if this is for me, it'll come back around. And then that's when CNC gave me an opportunity uh, a couple months later. So, so yeah. it came back around. Yeah. That's good. But that's how fast and that's how quick the opportunity can come. And you have to be, be able to say yes. When they so, call. When they yeah. call, yes. Yes or no. Yes. No, let me get back to you. Let me put in a two-week yeah, notice. Yeah, you don't yeah no. Let me get back no, no, no. To you because no, no. you're going to go to the bottom of a list of maybe, what, a thousand other adjusters. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like just say yes. And to be honest, that's exactly what I did when I got my call. I just said yes. It was that simple. Yeah. But I mean, you know, <laughs> yes, also. figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, I didn't really necessarily have anything else to uh, consider. So, I mean, that's something else. That's a very big factor, what he just mentioned. You know, if you have a fiance or if you have a child or anything like that, Consider that before you hop into this because it's not just, um, yeah. well, actually, I mean, for me, yeah, it's just, yes, I can go. But, you know, maybe it, not, it might not be that easy for, you know, somebody else who's trying to hop in. So just. So that work-life balance yeah. comes into play mm -hmm. yeah. when a deployment comes up. You yeah. know, is it. Majorly. Because really and truly, you don't know how long you're going to be out there. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, you know, just so. to roll into that yet, yeah, when you're working, you are working. You are working because, uh, I mean, some of these deployments yeah. can last seven months or something like that. You know, let's say that you're from Texas and you get sent to Chicago. You, you're you up there and, you know, you're working. You're probably not going to be able to uh, go back to uh, Texas and, you know, just see your family and hang out. If anything, they're going to have to come to you. So, you know, right. just understand. And they're nine to five. Right. It's nine to five. Eight or 12 to 12, you know, whatever. I mean, right. you're going to be working longer than 12 hours sometimes, you know, just catching up and staying on top of your claims. But either way, you know, just understand when you're working, you're working. But when you're free, you're free. You can enjoy yourself because, you know, if you work seven months, you know, at the rate of pay, whatever way, whatever it may be, you know, you're going to be looking like, oh, wow. You know, I've got these yeah. next, you know, couple of months to myself and I can do all of this. But at the same time, don't spend all your money because you don't know when the next opportunity may come. So, yeah. Right. So if, yeah. If I can just add on to that, um, you know, as a new adjuster, um, once you once you checked off all the boxes in that that you know one two three, now I'm ready to deploy. You know, you you still got some um, some preparation you've got to do. You know, just financially. You know, you got to make sure if you're gonna be leaving your home for an unknown amount of time. You know, you got to make sure that your home is gonna get taken care of. Your mm -hmm. bills still gonna get paid. You know, that grass still gonna be growing. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. got to make sure everything is everything. Um, if you got pets, who's gonna take care of your pets? If you got oh, kids, who's gonna take care of your man. kids? Um, you know, all, all of those things, uh, you know, that when you get that opportunity, you don't want to just be thinking about, you know, when somebody calls like, oh, wait, I've got this going on. I've got to do, you know, so you want to make sure that you've got uh, all your ducks in a row and everything kind of in your life kind of situated in a, in a way that that can support you being out on the road for months at a time. I say make sure your vehicle can even make it because, you know, if you're going from Texas to Chicago, <laughs> you're not flying, you're driving. <laughs> yeah, you're driving. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you don't want to be driving all the way up there and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, what is it called? Uh, a U-joint, because that's actually right. something that almost happened to me. You know, my U-joints were bad right. on my truck, and I didn't even realize it. You know, I drove all the way up to uh, Pennsylvania, and, I mean, I'm switching gears, and I'm, I'm hearing this. this <laughs> I didn't know what it yeah. was. Just turn the radio up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, but, but fortunately, fortunately, I mean, my truck didn't break down or anything like that. But, you know, let's just say that it did break down, and yeah. I'm 
in the middle of Virginia. It's just kind of like, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, so yeah, yeah. you want to make sure you have all that stuff, you know, just ready to roll. Hey, hey Will, yeah. what about the AC? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you, man, I bought that. I bought my truck. You know, it didn't have AC or anything. And I mean, you know, see, again, you know, I just kind of hopped into this. You know, I wasn't ready. I didn't have the tools. You know, I mean, I needed a truck. <laughs> I needed a truck. So fortunately, I just had a little bit of money saved up. I walked into a dealership, bought a truck. The truck was fine, you know, as far as moving and rolling and everything, but, you know, it didn't have AC. Man, I drove all the way up to Pennsylvania man. with no AC <laughs> in my truck. It was like 14 hours of driving. <laughs> man, hours no of driving AC. With no AC in the middle of the summer. I was like, in the summer. <laughs> yeah. In the and middle of the summer. that's coastal all the way with hum- like humidity. <sighs> yeah. I, I just felt so bad for him. <laughs> but, no, nah, hey, I made it work. I made yeah. it work. He, he didn't complain at one time. Mm-mm. He didn't complain at one time. Out we, loud. We he didn't each complain other. out loud. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he didn't complain out loud. <laughs> but, yeah, either way, so. yeah. Make sure you have. Make sure you have everything that you need. So when you're yeah. looking into going into this, it's safe to say as soon as you decide this, is what you're going to do, already have a plan of action in place. Yeah, you may not need it for six months, but just know that okay, right. this is what this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then now, as closer it gets to storm season, hurricane season, hail season, you know, start doing maintenance on your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes adjusters don't really fully understand what is needed on the road because mm-hmm. uh, we have, you know, I've heard from adjusters they're going to fly to a deployment. Tell me why that is not a good idea. Okay, first of all, <laughs> how's your ladder going to yeah, get there? Exactly. It, yeah. What? You can't put a ladder. Yeah. On a plane. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going to do about that? And then what if be... I want to rent a car when I'm there and go buy a ladder? Well, see, here's the thing, right? You're you're just beginning. You're broke. You ain't got no money. <laughs> the whole mission is to get money, right? right. So, and then let's say that you damage that rental car, you know, with that ladder. You know, how are you going to, you know, set up that 32 foot ladder on top of your truck? You know, you're going to be skidding the top of your truck or whatever. You can't put ladder racks on a rental, right? And so look, how are you gonna I, carry I do you one better. As as an independent adjuster, you work for yourself. Your job is to minimize costs. Mm. Yes. So your rental your rental is going to cut into your paycheck. Yep. Your hotel fee is going to cut into your paycheck. You got to eat. You got to put gas in your car. So now you're just you're just working to live in another state for a couple months. That's that's right. it. That's all you're doing. So you got to be smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now you said you didn't have anything, but you went out. And- is, did you kind of do the same thing? It's like when you got your deployment, did they tell you how hey, you need to have this, this, and this, or did you from your research you did? Yeah, it, because we we want to be good uh, good adjusters. Uh, we we I, the research that I did, it was it was like uh, you know, hey, the the top things that you're gonna need is probably gonna be a tape measure, right? Because we gonna we gotta get measurements of things, uh, a camera, uh, a ladder, um, a, a decent length ladder. I, I literally went on my deployment in my in my Dodge Charger, right? So I, I was like, okay, well, I'm not putting a ladder rack on this, so um, I need a foldable ladder. Um, so we got got a foldable ladder. Um, I need you need something to carry all your equipment on. So I got one of the bully bags, a little adjuster bags that you can put mm-hmm. on your side and everything. Um, and you know, chalk. I was I heard chalk was a was yep. a big deal. So yeah, I got chalk. chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon was my best friend that right. that for that that month spray. Where I was spending money like crazy. Right. So yeah. yeah. So you say you had a car that which shows that they do have, you know, the means to get a ladder, a photo. Absolutely. You, know, you can yeah. do it. You don't have to go out and purchase a truck. Right. No, you don't. Right. right. Now I, I will say this. Um, I did do a little bit of just uh, well, a little bit of adjusting out of my car. Um, you know, I had to, you know, get my truck maintained and everything. It can be done. It can be done with a car, but think about it. You know, let's say that you do pull up to a house 
and you know the access to the roof is 30 feet in the air you know that that 24 mm-hmm. foot is not going to cut it so you know there are going to be situations where you know you will need that bigger ladder what yeah. are you going to keep it on you know you, you definitely going to be limited yeah right you can't put a ladder rack on a Toyota Camry or an Avalon or whatever yeah um, or you can, but it's uh, it's going to be very dangerous. Yeah, I, I would not recommend. Right, right. right. It would be dangerous. And, you know, even if you did find some other kind of way to sit your ladder on top of a car like that, mm-hmm. just the positioning of the ladder, you know, if you're riding in traffic in a city, you know, it's yeah, not just not a good go idea. Well, so. I can tell you, if Hannah had to do that, a window would be busted out somewhere, <laughs> yeah. or a car behind me. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> taking out everything on that turn out of that parking lot. Yeah, we yes. taking it out. Yeah, stop signs uh, laying down. Right. So yeah, that's why I personally would say that it's better to have a truck than a car. But again, you can make it work, and I do believe that you can actually look at the uh, deployment um, opportunity because I think like some of these deployments, if you accept it, you know, it'll say, okay, this is mainly for a one story not steep, and then you have your right. other deployment types that are for, you know, two-story, steep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say if you if you happen to get a deployment in the south, you may be all right to yeah. use a car and everything, but if you're mm-hmm. going up, up, up north, you're probably going to need to yeah. uh, But to basically just ladder. make sure the tools you have, <clears throat> excuse me, the equipment you have are going to fit nicely without That's right. yeah. or with ease. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I mean, at the end of the day, you are an adjuster. You're a professional. Um, you know, the expectation is that you've got all the tools that you need to to get a job done. So, you know, it, you may can squeeze by your first deployment um, and kind of lean on people, but after your first deployment, you're gonna want to need to um, yeah. to upgrade and get your own equipment. So you said, you know, you work for yourself pretty much. You're an independent adjuster, right? Uh, typically on a component or fee schedule, right? Yeah. So. I don't know how am I getting paid? <laughs> you right, know, right, like, right. How does a fee set? You know, someone what a fee schedule? You know, right, what yeah. is that? Okay, um, so basically, honestly, starting out, you want to um, you want to shoot for something that's hourly, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't know what you're doing yet, and so that kind of gives you some paid training time. Um, yeah. But what what a component is is basically like it's similar, very similar to a com- commission type type pay. Okay. Uh, and so that th- there's these uh, these different thresholds um, for an estimate that you can get paid on. So you know, from zero dollars to twenty five hundred, you get X amount of dollars. Twenty five hundred to whatever, you get more. Um, and so, and even you know, on claims where you you know there there is no damage, you get like a set fee. Um, I see a lot of um, you know seasoned adjusters would much rather prefer that because as you get more efficient with closing claims, you know that's more money you can make uh, potentially. So. Um, commission pay is definitely should be your goal um, after you know, your first year or two getting your getting your experience if you really want to make some real money. Right, but right. there are perks with the hourly or daily rate. Absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely. As well, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, to be completely honest, again, like you was just saying, I would definitely prefer to have uh, you know commission pay or free schedule because you know, in, in just in very simple terms, what it is is basically just you know a percentage of the estimate that you write. And, you know, like you said, you have your different thresholds. So, for example, like, let's say that you go out and you write a $100,000 estimate. You're going to get paid. You know, I mean, I don't have a fee schedule in front of me, but just let's throw out a number just to make, you know, some kind of example. You know, let's just say you get paid, what, 4% off of what I'd guess, uh, say, that estimate. So 4% mm-hmm. of 100000 do the yeah. math. You get paid that just off of that one house that you just did. Now, let's say you do right. two or three houses in a day. All right, now let's go ahead and say that you do, what, 10 houses in a week. 
you see how much money you just made in that week, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You, you, can, you can make a lot of money, but the, the, the main thing is that to know that that is a graduation step, right? Yeah. Once you graduate from being, you know, a newbie adjuster, um, that's what you want to aim for because you don't, you don't close a claim, you don't get paid, yeah, I was right? I going to say, if you don't yeah. close the claim, you it, don't you, get paid. You don't yeah. get paid. You got and, to be able to know how to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and closing a claim sounds simple. But it's not because, you know, if if your file you sent up is getting reviewed and, you know, you you kind of you're not knowing what you're doing and, you know, things of that nature, you don't know how the, the firm wants to, you know, your estimate written and everything. Well, that's delaying, you know, you getting paid. And yep. if you're trying to run three or four claims a day or two or three claims a day, um, you can get behind really quick. Mm-hmm. And um, and that, that's another thing, too, man. You know, when we first got deployed out um, in Louisiana. Essentially, when you're new, you're already behind, right? So oh, you're first, yeah. when you get yeah. there, and this just uh, so people kind of can uh, understand kind of what you what you're gonna see when you when you get deployed. When you get there, you know you still have to go through an orientation, yeah. right? And then after you go through your orientation, you may get dropped like twenty something claims. Yeah. Okay. Well, the That's expectations right off, the so off the bat. Time management should be a strength that you have. Time ma- if you, you don't have, to- have time management, you're gonna know because you're gonna go right. home. <laughs> you're gonna go home quick. <laughs> Uh, but, um, you know, you're going to get dropped 20 claims and you're expected to make contact with all 20 of those people, you know, same day and get schedules, you know, and everything set up. Um, and you know, if you're not, if you're not on top of your time management and if you're not on top of just having everything organized, there's no way you're going to be running, uh, uh, component pay, um, and, and making any kind of money. And and not even just that, you know, you have to know how to use the system. You know, that was something that a lot of people were struggling with just learning how to use, you know, whatever software you're working with when you go out there on that deployment. Um, let's see, because I mean, it's not necessarily just as easy as you think, just, Oh, let me just go ahead and pick up the phone and call this insured. No, you actually have to go through that system. You have to, you know, find the contact information you know, you may have to send some kind of message to let the person know that you're calling first. You know, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a lot to it. Um, it, it's a lot more. So, you know, if we if we stay on our our track of kind of how how to become an adjuster type deal, the training that you do beforehand, um, whether it's you know sketching a house, knowing what to measure, identifying you know the p- different components of a house, all of that is just your foundational knowledge that you have to build before you even get out there. Right. And so, and that's just what it is. But when you get out there, that's when you really learn how to be an adjuster, a real world, a real world adjuster. Yeah. Cause I was like, man, we did all this training, but I'm lost right now. You know, a classroom (laughs) is a, is a setting, you know, a perfect setting, you know, Mm -hmm. or then you get in the real world and it never goes, everything goes out out the that's out right. of your head that what did I do in class like yeah. that's how I would be yeah. you know, and, that, and that's what happened to me you know my first house you know I walked out there you know a tree had fallen on somebody's porch completely just leveled it you know it had uh, you know crazy structural damage and everything like that I didn't even know where to start all of that training that I had done two three months whatever it was just kind of like oh my goodness you know I was a little bit overwhelmed but you know fortunately I had some field support and either way you know even when you do get overwhelmed it's just kind of like all right just stop breathe and think about you know what I was doing for the past two, three months, you know, just kind of slow down and assess the situation and go from there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the new adjuster podcast by CNC. We hope it was helpful. Be sure to follow CNC to stay updated about all of our upcoming new episodes. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from, and we hope to see you again soon.